0: Back to the greatest running podcast in the world. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner. and I'm joined by Mike Jennings, somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? I'm okay, Steve. I mean, I got to be honest. I'm making quite a sacrifice tonight, being here podcasting with you guys, because you know it's bachelor home hometowns tonight, and and I hate to be missing that. Um, I've been I've been pretty locked in, focused on, on this season. We usually don't record on Monday nights anymore. You guys throw a curveball at me, but I'll do my best to try and stay focused tonight, guys. I, I don't know what to tell you. That's right. I forgot about your, your little bachelor obsession. It's kind of weird, yep. not going to lie. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontenelle Trent, how you doing, bud?
1: Hey, I'm doing good, gentlemen. Normally, this type of update comes at the end of the show, but I'm going to start us off with it. Steve today shared a, a five-star review that we got on iTunes, and so I was checking out our reviews. And that one-star guy that Mike, you know, identified as being very confused who meant to give us a five-star but accidentally gave us a one-star based on what he wrote. We could tell he was a big fan of the podcast. He's now out of, like, the top layer that you can see. So it's only five stars up there. Running to Glory, T-Park3, BB4252, and Kevin. Uh, kevin e i don't know one two seven thank you guys for the five star reviews we pushed off the confused guy that, that messed up his review you can no longer see him on the front and we got a nice i think we're at a 4.9 rating it looks looks great
0: love it love it yeah keep the five star reviews coming that helps out so much so yeah if you if you have an itunes account just go in there and give us a five star review and we haven't talked about this in a while we said once we get to 300 reviews we're going to get a peak too early tattoo and you can put tattoo ideas in the, in the comments, in the reviews, and we'll pick one of those tattoo ideas once we get to 300 reviews. So keep it coming this, to this day, Trent, we've never agreed to this. Deal. Steve <laughs> just, Steve just put it out into the universe and it's like, well, I can't say no now. Cause he's said it on recording like 12 times. It's just nothing I
1: can do. The problem is, is he's, he's right, though, right? Like, even though we didn't agree, it's not like we're not going to – if Steve gets a peak oh, too early is. tattoo, we're going to get peak too early tattoo, so there's no point fighting it.
0: If there's any two people in the world, you can, like, very easily talk into doing
1: something stupid and regrettable. <laughs> you're looking at them <laughs> so so talking about talking us into something very smart and like really cool looking i mean we're gonna sign up in a heartbeat that's right <laughs>
0: this is there my only reason for getting for not getting a tattoo because there really hasn't been anything in my life where like i thought it was important enough to get a tattoo about we do this every single week we've been doing it for two years we're not stopping we're gonna keep it going peak too early has become a pretty important part of my life so i think it opens up the tattoo discussion and what better way to get a peak too early tattoo than to give one of the members of the two crew an opportunity to pick our tattoo. And I will say this, nobody has, uh, has, has commented with the Jakob Ingerbritsen tattoo as a potential option, which I'm shocked that hasn't happened yet.
1: Don't give the people ideas, Steve.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: I don't know if oh, I can pull anyways. that off,
0: but we'll see.
1: Nobody can pull that off. That's the problem. Jakob can't pull <laughs> it off, that's for sure.
0: Uh, so quickly here, we need to talk about our guys over at Artican Bracelets, Artican Accessories. They are the sponsors of the podcast. And just a quick reminder, not only are these the coolest accessories for runners, but 10% of all of their of all of their net profits are going to clean water initiatives in Africa, in Kenya. So it's a, it's a, it's a great company. It's an awesome company that turns out so many cool products, but at the same time, it's a, you know, it's a, a company that's given back to the world. So how can you not support them? See, I've said a million times, I don't, I don't understand how you can, you know, there's running apparel that we see all the time, you know, the, the hats and the, you know, shoes and whatever if you're a real runner, this is the running apparel you want, right? We see a lot of like, you know, the fake kind of, you know, hobby joggers out there who aren't part of, you know, the deep culture of the sport. But if you see someone wearing an Artican bracelet, you know that that's a serious runner right there. That's someone who's
1: done their homework, who knows their shit. Last week we were talking like how many Articum bracelets can you have at one time. I was just on their Instagram page. They have they have some some woman who's got like 35 Articum bracelets on. So I think she has a record. She doesn't have a peak too early one on, which I know that, you know, we might have some special edition ones available for a couple important racers out there in the future. But uh, I think she set this, this bar for us all to, to aspire to.
0: That's right, Trent. You hinted at it. We have some limited edition, one-of-a-kind bracelets for the winner's the first, second place, first, second, third place finishers, male, female, of the Irish Clover Five Mile are coming up in just a couple of weeks. Registration is closed. So if you haven't signed up, you're too late. But to those that have signed up, thank you so much. Like, we got a big weekend coming up in just a couple of weeks for 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 race day. I'm looking forward to it. We have people coming into town. We got the American record holder in the beer mile coming into town to join us. We got the we got the DraftKings style pick'em pool going on. It is there is so much going on and it is going to be a ton of fun. All right, Mike, let's kick off the running news. So not a ton of news tonight. I don't. I you know I purposely tried to keep the news a little thin because to be honest, our episodes we're, we're getting a little bit longer every single week. I mean, when you have a guy like Dendi on, not a whole lot you can do about that. The man, the man <laughs> can talk. Um, but and you know, like I said, I gotta get to to my the end of my bachelor episode here, so we gotta hurry this shit up. But so we're gonna start where we started the last few weeks with the American Track League. They just had their final. Uh, showdown on ESPN, our guy Dendy goes out there in a very small field. Apparently, his uh, you know cries to the people to try and get, get them out to this meet didn't work. But the people who showed up, he crushed them. Yeah, it wasn't his PR, but I mean, he won by like two and a half feet or something like that. So it's like he's jumping to the competition. who's put in front of him. Um, and then the other big notable for me was... Heather McLean just will not stop winning races. I mean, holy smokes. This girl is on fire and has, through the American Track League and the, the races that she's run the, the last few weeks, has just
1: put herself on the map. Heather on fire. New balance possible. I mean, she's going to be a force to reckon with when we get to the trials. Absolutely killing it. But uh, we got Doc Dendy. I, I mean, I know there wasn't maybe the best competition in the world. But who cares when you put yourself out on a limb as much as Dendy put himself on a limb, like everybody's gunning you, even guys, maybe they're not in your class, but there's a lot of pressure on Dendy to show up and perform. I know, you know, I actually, I don't know anything about jumps, but I know you can get these like fouls and penalties, whatever it's called. If you, if you got your foot over the line or whatever. So Dendy to, to put it out there and then back it up and kick everybody's ass. And, and even though he didn't get the people to show up, I would still say it was an epic success where the people were paying attention to the long jump, and we're excited to see Danny, you know, moving forward. I don't know the next time he's jumping, but you better be sure as hell that we're going to be tuning in for it.
0: Okay. I got a problem with ESPN. How many times did they show the long jump? They showed – I think they showed a clip of it once, right? It was it was never live either. It was always it was, like a replay of what had, had yeah, happened. Yeah, and I understand Which that they I, have is to is do that. But... with the field events, but, like, you didn't have a lot going on at this meet, and – I genuinely think people tuned in to watch Dendy for this event. Yeah, and and I and I get that you can't show like the the all the events live and everything, but like I think they only showed like less than a 10 second clip of the long jump. Am I wrong? Did like did you see any more than that, Mike? I saw one update halfway through it was just a, a video of Dendy jumping and then I saw his final jump the one where he took the win. So it was like yeah, like two like five to eight second clips of him jumping and that was it you didn't see anybody else jump you didn't see like any breakdown analysis at all I mean it was it was pretty slim coverage of the long jump that's pathetic I mean you got this guy that's putting asses in the seats right now he people are showing up to watch this guy jump I mean he's doing more promotion for you than anybody else has done leading up to this meet and you show him for a combined like 15 seconds come on what are you doing espn i mean think about what we're saying steve we're talking about long jump we don't care about long jump and you know i, I i'm not 100% sure i would have watched the atl if it wasn't for Dendi. i was showing up me a distance nerd showing up to watch long jump and i couldn't i can't even i can't even do that so yeah that that was one disappointing thing um I might be a bigger thing. I might be a bigger long jump fan than I am distance runner fan now because of Dendy. I yeah, mean that he, that's yeah. how odd, that's how electric <laughs> this guy is. He's, he's on his Instagram li- right now, Steve, <laughs> yelling at God knows who. I don't he's even know who he's at, yelling at. He's just... I just tuned in. He was yelling at like an Instagram account, like a, a runner meme account that DM'd him four years ago. And he's on there. Like he's got like an hour-long Instagram live going yelling at this guy. Like the guy, I, I mean, how can you not be entertained by this? So my other – I mean, this wouldn't be a peak too early podcast if we were not did not have a little bit of criticism – for the American track league on ESPN. So there was the 200 meter uh, event where we don't talk about high schoolers, but someone who may or may not have been in high school, like broke their, the high school record and the 200. The thing is you couldn't even watch the race though. Cause for like 10 minutes, it was the coverage just like cut off and it was super choppy and like the screen was just like going all different colors. You couldn't see it. You could only hear like every like fourth word. It was ridiculous. It was so bad. And then in the little, in the corner of the, the TV in tiny little writing, it just said technical difficulties and you had to like, you know, really squint your eyes to be able to read. Cause it was written so small. It's just like, this is ESPN folks. I mean, when was the last time you were watching Monday Night Football and you had 10 minutes of tech, technical difficulty where you, know, you couldn't hear anything that you know Chris Collinsworth had to say or you heard every fourth word? I mean, it was just so classic track. And I don't know whose fault it is, right? Like, I don't know if it's ATL's fault. I don't know if it's ESPN. But it's just like, finally, we get a decent track meet on ESPN. And of course, this happens. It's just like, it's the most track thing of all time.
1: Yeah, all this time we're blaming FlowTrack for screwing it up and having, you know, shitty signal at all these big races. Uh, And it turns out it's just track and field and cross-country in general. But no, it's an indoor track meet, right? This is not like like a cross-country meet or out in a field somewhere. It's an indoor track meet. They should be able to figure it out. I have no idea why they couldn't. And then you can't just let it run like that. You got to have somebody that I guess they don't really have anybody in studio that they can go to, but you got to have somebody you can just turn to and have them just discuss it a little bit, or at least just show like Dendy on Instagram live, whatever he put on the other day and run that. Cause that'll get some eyeballs on it.
0: My guy, uh Brian from Buffalo hit up our um DMS and said something like, cause the, the audio is all screwed up. But when it came back, it came back like in double speed and like crossed over the audio that was going on. He's like, this is the first, like, you know, dub track me. He's like, Oh, ma- you know, maybe the ATL actually is doing this right. And they're getting like club dubstep music going on in the background. Like they promised they part, they promised the party environment. Now we finally got it with this. Here we go. Uh, it's remix. commentator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> finally, finally getting the party on the track that they promised. Is this, do you think that this is a, uh, this is a one and done for an American track league? Or Are we going to see this, uh, this, this uh, organization so stick around on, on their absolute garbage website it does say that this is like the indoor season of american track league so i don't know if that implies that they're planning on doing an outdoor season i'm assuming that that's what that means and maybe that will give them more of an opportunity to have like the party fan environment with tailgating who knows but i'm not we've been very critical about atl i'm not gonna sit here and say that i don't want them to keep going and to keep trying, like I would like to see it be successful. I think, if done right, it could be a very cool thing. I would say the indoor product was okay. It's fine. It produced some cool things. If you Heather listen McLain. back to when, if you listen back to when we first talked about American Track League, we first we first caught wind of this. We want the best for this organization. We want the best for American Track League. Like we want it to be successful. We want it to be awesome. Like that was our original like commentary on this when we saw the product we had a, a slightly different reaction to it but we want the best for this organization so don't get us wrong yeah and to, before we do move on from it though we kind of glossed over i do, I do want to break back real quick like heather McLean's a problem like she she has made herself a problem and i feel like she is just took to this like atl and just decided she was going to dominate it and just be like the absolute MVP of it. Like, I think if, if you have to crown an MVP after soul thing, it's going to be, it's going to be her. Um, and then one other storyline, uh, you know, I, I know what his name is, but I kind of just want to call him the shot put dude to to piss people off. Um, well, no, but, because we, cause we like him, Ryan Krauser. No, nah, <laughs> Ryan Krauser. So he, he uh, had this storyline where like the day before the meet, He got, like, horrible food poisoning and, like, was throwing up all day long. Like, didn't think he was going to be able to show up to the meet. And still that morning was, like, feeling terrible throwing up that morning. Shows up to the meet. Of course, he he wins, you know, wasn't, like, world record like we know he's capable of. But still, just, like, a badass performance. And then in his post-race interview, he's just sitting there with this giant-ass cowboy hat on, looking like a badass. Just, like... You know, like nothing ever happened. So, gotta love that guy.
1: We're we're such track fans. He just called his post race interview after that race that he <laughs> yeah, had. He, oh, he gets in there. Is that, uh, I'm probably gonna get flack in the reviews oh, for yeah. that too. Hey, I want to shout out the women's shot put winner, Raven Saunders. She seems like she's got a good story. She came in fifth in 2016 at Rio, so she might have a chance to get on the podium. um We could have a couple Americans on the podium um, yeah. doing well. Let's take over the, the shot. and men's side. So, shout out to Raven. And then the other uh, individual who's interesting to me is that Michael Saruni guy. Did I say that right? The Kenyan who who won the 800 meter. He's actually got the NCAA record in the 800. I saw he, he beat out Donovan Brazier's record when he was at uh, what El Paso, Texas El Paso. Um, So I'm not saying he can compete with Brazier. I'm not saying he can beat with with our guy Hopple, but if you're looking for somebody to to be interesting or just keep an eye out, um, he's apparently running well right now and, He's got a, he's got the pedigree to, to run fast and, and a little bit. So another guy to shout out,
0: um, glad you mentioned the 800 there. Um, Cameron Jones from, uh, I don't know if he is currently running for Clemson or is a Clemson alum. I should obviously know my facts better, but he wore the, the save, um, or not, sorry, not save Clemson, Clemson, but he specifically, didn't he specifically say Nike save Clemson? Yeah. 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 So it's hard to tell, right? Because it looks like it could just be like a Nike symbol or like a Nike singlet with Save Clemson underneath it. or But you could also interpret it the, like Nike Save Clemson. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, uh, I, I thought that was a cool move. And then afterwards, a bunch of the, uh, you know, angles and some of the other guys took a picture with them, you know, kind of supporting the Save Clemson thing. So, another cool little thing going on there. Cool storyline. Um, all right, anything else from the ATL? Did you see uh, comedian Theo Vaughn? Like, uh, put a picture of uh, Craig angles on his on his Instagram story. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it just like it just said white, white. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very fun. very good. Um, all right, wow, we went way longer on ATL than I thought we were gonna do. Good job. I mean, we were just like breaking down field events. Look at us, guys. We're pretty pretty impressive people. Um, so let's head over to California where. They had, I guess the event was called the 10. Is that is that right? I think the it was 10, called- the sound runner, the 10. Yeah, the 10. So um some blazing fast times. Um, and I think the best way to do this, like I just wanna um kind of run down these lists here. So for the women's American 10K, Elise Cranny and Chris Schweizer put themselves three four on the all-time list, they're joining the company of Molly Huddle, Shalane Flanagan, Emily Sisson, Dina Castor, and Kara Goucher. That's a pretty good list to be a part of right there. Yeah, um, and so. then Yeah, and then so on the men's side, it's the exact same story, right? So top nine in American history, we have Galen Rupp, Chris Alinsky, Lopez Lamong, Shadrach, Kip Cheercheer, Meb Kofleski, and our guy Abdi. And who joined that list? But Grant Fisher, Woody Kincaid, and Ben True, all from that race as well. So we got a few friends of the program in there, some blazing fast times, some you know all-time American performances. That's all I got for that race. You guys got anything to add on? I think um friend of the program David Ribich, said it best. He 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 tweeted out after the ten. He said, It's obvious to say we're entering and we're entering an era of distance running where track athletes aren't and shouldn't be categorized by specific events. Fast is fast. And I think that was never more apparent than at ten. I mean, Elise Cranny coming out of nowhere to run an unbelievable 10k. I mean, not out of nowhere, but you know jumping up to the 10k to run an unbelievable time mark scott i mean it was it was a lot of fun to watch i mean we got to give some we got to give some shout outs to, uh, to kieran tun<td>tiv from you know he he's from harvard he had a kind of a breakout indoor season before his outdoor season got taken away he ran the the thailand national record in the 10k he was one of those guys that you didn't know if he was going to be able to to hang on but he just hung on for the entire race. I think he finished like fourth. So he hung on to that lead pack, the entire race, unbelievable showing from him. And the crazy story about him is he's essentially a Bowerman walk on, right? He went out there and he just kind of like, you know, hung around until he got a singlet. He got an opportunity to perform and did he ever perform? I was watching on the, on the YouTube live. And it was crazy because as soon as the men's men's race came on, numbers skyrocketed like all of thailand was watching this kid run and it was just every time you look it was you know go Kieran, tie you know the thailand flag on uh you know in the, in the chat so it was really cool to watch and see this you know this kid kind of come out of nowhere and, and prove himself on a, on a really big stage
1: he yeah, had a mind-boggling pr that was that was pretty cool uh, both races were pretty good the interesting part that i wanted to bring up guys did you guys see like the the promo the lead in going into this race sound was was a, inviting people to contribute money to the winners purse to the athletes, and so you could give kind of donation that went strictly to the purse for the winners. Um, I think if you donated a certain amount, they gave you some sort of training plan, some sort of thing like that uh, so i I thought it was just like an interesting. Uh, way of like fan outreach to to put your money where your mouth is or something like that to to show the support for the athletes did you guys see the tweets leading up to that and uh, do you guys have any thoughts on how that went
0: yes p Too early made a uh, a donation to that to the to the purse so we have some uh some personalized training plans coming our way Trent so we did contribute to the purse and I think it's a great idea right because you know the sport, I, I, think, I think I saw some people, and I definitely heard some people kind of giving sound runner in this race kind of some, some flack in the sense that, you know, why aren't there any brands, any, anybody stepping up to, to sponsor this? And it's like, you know, it, it was kind of a little bit of a last minute race. You know, these, these, these races are kind of coming together at last second. Like brands can't just always jump and sponsor every single race. Their marketing budgets are like tied up six to twelve months in, in advance. They can't always jump something like this. And my other thought on it is like, if you have a pay-per-view, um, you know, boxing match or UFC match, like a, a a you're essentially giving money to the purse for that, that main event or that like kind of top card on that. So why can't track do that? Like, why can't track do that where they're, they're essentially you're you know, it was a free event, but I think that this is kind of laying the groundwork for future races where they essentially have
1: a pay-per-view event where you're contributing to the purse. I think it's a great idea. It's almost like my question was planted. It's like a question for the audience (laughs) that got planted there.
0: Yeah. So, um, first of all, I'm very excited for my personalized training plan because God knows I need that. Um, and second of all, yeah, that's kind of how I was viewing it too, Steve. It's like, I think the biggest thing that came out of this, cause they, they did get a little bit of a, a purse, and I think they, you they know, $5,000, like, 5000 like $5, $5, which is pretty cool. Um, and it's like, we bitch and moan all the time about, you know, what can we do? Like, how, like, what can we as fans do to make this sport better? I mean, like that is a very clear way of how you can help the sport by literally giving money to incentivize athletes to go race each other. I mean, that's what it is all about. And I think it was, it seemed almost like experimental. I think there's ways you can build off that and ways you can even improve on that. And and I think that's a great idea, Steve, right? Like fine. If you, you don't want to um, push market it as like a donation based thing. All right, fine. Let's say let's get a um, Josh Thompson and Craig Angles and and put them on a start line. Let's get a, um, you know, uh, what's Marquise Dendy and anybody. Yeah, and, and any person who wants to <laughs> chirp and have them jump, let's have a Lamont, whatever, let's have these big names. And it's like, all right. Let's do pay-per-view type, type style. You have to pay money, and the money that we're putting into this directly goes to what these guys are going to make. Because if you can build up a big purse, then, yeah, these guys are going to race each other. These guys aren't millionaires. They're not making you know football, basketball money. If we can create a product or build in this gigantic purse, then these guys have no choice but to come out and give us the matchups that we so desperately want. So, yeah, let's, let's
1: continue with this. Let's make something happen out of it. So I love that point, Mike. What this race missed, though, and what's kind of been our complaint about Bowerman, you know, all the time, is just, like, the lack of buildup going into it. It felt, I know, that maybe, like, five or seven days or something was the first thing I think I saw on social media about it. But it, it just seemed like this last-second event where we get everybody, you know, on the track, It's it's basically all Bowerman people out there. If we wanted to make this, like, actually big – a little more lead-up, give us a, as fans a little more opportunity to get excited about it, you know, give people a little more time to, to decide that they want to put something into the purse to make it a little bit more competitive, get some more people from different teams out there. That I mean, I would like to see this format in place where it's not just like kind of a last-second time trial for Bowerman. Well, this one's different than the Prickly Pear,
0: right? Because the Prickly Pear, that was essentially put on by Bowerman. This is different in the sense where it was kind of a third – party kind of putting it on. So it's, I have a slightly different mindset about it. And, and and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, organizations are essentially scrambling to kind of create events right now. So, you know, you can't, you can't get on, get on SoundRunner too hard about the, about the, the, the lead time obviously you had people that were, that were ready to run fast and ready to roll for this event. But I do think it we, I, we can't give our typical barman criticism to this, to this event. Um, but I will say, I, I that night was kind of big for me. I was on. I got invited on to the Sound Runner Instagram Live. There was our our yeah, our friends over at the Running Report, Two Black Runners podcast, um, invited invited P two early guys on. So I, I hopped on, did a little pregame chat with them. We had a we had a clubhouse going with Bell Lap. I mean, it was just you know a, a night filled of commentary from 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 the the P two E brand for the, uh, the Sound Runner 10. It was wild. Hell yeah! How'd that Steve. go, Steve? You get you get a nice little like, uh, you know, NFL Live, you know, pre-race type uh, setting there. You you break yeah. it down. You giving all your input. You know, you you breaking down the X's and O's. Oh, so we we had the we had the bell lap uh, by P2E Clubhouse going, and so I went on that before, and our guy Roman you know, a uh, loyal two crew member kind of gave me some tips. He, we were talking about who was going to win. And, uh, I told him I, cause I went back on the clubhouse afterwards and I was like, Roman, I just went on the, the live stream and I completely stole your takes because I wanted to say something different. So who, who I, I even forget was win? who did you predict? I, I, was win? I said, well, so I, I went on one earlier and I actually said Elise cranny and I said, Grant Fisher. Right um Pretty on close. the live stream i said king chez i was like because i didn't want to sound like an idiot right and i ended up looking like an eight so I, I was gonna say nice job sound yeah like yeah, a big yeah. Old i mean, i just thought i just thought that was an easy pick right so i, I picked king chez and then i took that girl um uh uh eilish um, uh her last name begins with m i forget um I don't know. But he, he said she was ready to run a fast time. So I completely stole his take on McClugin. Yeah. Yeah. That girl. McL- I, I think really she ran out, right. back on it. You just yeah, got to yeah. sound smart. I, I, but I went back and I told him, I was like, dude, just so you know, I completely stole your take. So shout out to Roman.
1: <laughs> Steve's out here texting, texting us like about, uh, what is it? Clubhouse. And I'm over like, it's, you know, it's, it's late. I wasn't even at my phone. So I'm like come in, it's too late anyway but I'm like Googling what is clubhouse and like watching the YouTube video. Like what is clubhouse?
0: Yeah. Clubhouse is taken over. Mike and I were on uh, the night before, man. Clubhouse is pretty cool. It's like a live podcast. It is like, like podcast. I think who knows. Maybe there'll be uh, some peak early content in the future on clubhouse. I definitely I got some ideas. Definitely. I got some ideas. Give it, leave
1: it to Trent to have no frigging clue what's going on online. And like the boys, they build a little treehouse. They build a little snow fort. <laughs> They're inviting people to talk, tracking it. I'm in. That
0: that P2E grind never stops, baby. All right, gentlemen. Somehow we managed to, uh, even though I made a concerted effort to only give us two news stories and try and you know rush through this quickly. We find a way to take forever doing it. So we're well on our way to another 90 minute podcast. But you know what? Give the people what they want. That's all I got for the news. All right, let's get into our interview with John Renewicki, formerly sponsored by Bell Lab Track and Field Gear, our boys over there, now sponsored by Under Armour. Um, it was a great interview with him. I am a little upset that he made a post the other day kind of announcing the fact that he's dating Coco, you know, Constance uh, Klosterhoffen. You know, the of the uh, the Pete Julian squad, super fast. You know, that would have been fun to kind of talk with him a little bit about. He didn't, didn't uh, share that with us, but anyways we'll, anyways, we'll have to get him back on at some point. Um, but yeah, I had, a, I had a ton of fun talking. Let's get into it. You pose me like an action figure, Ken doll with my finger up. Show the crowd that I don't give a f- my legs running. Don, what's up, man? Hey, guys, how's it going? Doing thanks, for, doing well. uh, thanks
2: for doing it this time. I apologize for being a little bit late. but
0: No worries, man. We we, we typically record late at night just because, you know, we work during the day. And it's, it's yeah, yeah. you know, it, it, it works better for us this way anyway. So. Oh, awesome. So are you just getting out of practice right now?
2: Yeah, so track access, as I'm, obviously I'm sure you guys are aware and used to, is just nuts right now. So. Like today, the only time we could get on was in the evening, so I had to work out just now. Yeah,
0: yeah. Are you are you working out primarily like with the Tin Man crew and in that group?
2: Um, yes, primarily, and then um, also a little bit solo, just kind of depending on what I'm doing because sometimes the workouts don't exactly sync up. Um, so today, for example, I was mostly alone. Um, yeah.
0: It's uh, you have like a. a- I know there's people who like being training alone, like training group, you get a little bit of both. Where, where do you fall in that spectrum? Like, do you do you enjoy getting on a track by yourself?
2: I, I actually talk about this a lot with the guys I run with. It's like, I feel like my ideal scenario is like me and two to three other guys. <laughs> okay. But I, when it's like me and like 12 guys, I just like, I, I don't know why I don't do well in those workouts. And then when it's me alone, obviously solo sessions are obviously hard because you're alone um but yeah i feel like my my perfect like dream workout is like me and like two really like close like training partners (laughs)
1: can can we go back to the track access thing like you said oh you guys can relate or something you can't track that that's for us right that's for guys who are like you know d2 runners who who, you know held on the dream a little bit but have been totally washed up why do you still have trouble getting on a damn track like do you ever be like this is ridiculous i'm a pro athlete
2: so i mean And right now, especially, everybody is in Arizona training. Um, Yeah, like every every group is in Arizona training, whether you're in Flagstaff or the Valley. Um, And every group has had their obstacles with getting facility access. Um, For us, it's been nice because my dad's a high school coach. And so um, Corey, Leslie, my coach, and I are on staff as volunteer coaches, helping out a bit with the team there. And then that also gives us good access to be able to work out
0: that then that's like that's a relatively common problem in the running world it's crazy to me that you have the sport you have professional athletes and we don't have more facilities like yeah. dedicated to these teams yeah. like dedicated to these programs like there's no it, it, like most teams don't necessarily have a home track it's just yeah. kind of just like piecing together like where you can race where you can find time which is wild
2: yeah and my so my dad so Pete Julian's group's actually using um the same track that we've been working out on, and my dad and him were actually having a conversation that same thing the other day of why don't we have like regional track facilities where i mean i guess we do kind of with the olympic training centers but there's only two of them and they're not really an ideal locations for all the time so it's like why don't we have a regional facility where you know these athletes like donovan brazier and um you know craig engels and pete's group and you know the medal contenders can go and have access to get onto to to tracks and work out i mean it's it's obviously it's one thing for the distance runners but i feel i feel worse for the you know field events athlete Mm. there they need a long jump pit. you know, one of my best friends is a decathlete for Great Britain, Tim Duckworth. And I mean, just listening to the stuff he's had to do during this pandemic of trying to get facility access to, to train for his 10 events, like we're spoiled as distance runners. I mean, we can just go on dirt trails for most of our, our training, but if you're a field event guy, you need, you need that facility
0: listen listen don't call the distance guys spoiled i've been to tons of track meets in my life where i'm like having a mini panic attack leading up to the 10k you know i gotta eat clean the entire time i'm freaking out i gotta go kill myself for half an hour on the track and i get to see the jumpers the throwers they get to race for like or compete for like 10 seconds and then eat junk food and do whatever the hell they want so don't don't say like we're spoiled all right
2: (laughs) In in this particular instance, yes. But I will say, when when you see some of the some of the field eventers eating their uh, Starburst in between jumps, then you get a. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, you know you're an Under Armour guy now, right? And I think yeah. you had a a little less traditional route to getting that that pro contract. You you kind of got out and. Linked up with our our guy over at uh Bell App, the chief, and you know kind of earned earned your sponsorship there, but I got to ask we you know we we're big fans of uh of bell app big fans of the, the chief over there, so I guess do you fan. owe us an apology for you know leaving leaving that team and you know leaving us just selling out selling out like that
2: they, gosh yeah the the guys <laughs> at bell app are some of the most yeah down to earth like genuine people on the face of the planet. And like, yeah, being, being able to represent their brand and work with them and just have them in my corner and still have them in my corner and being able to get connected with them through Corey was just, yeah, such a privilege. And yeah, couldn't, couldn't speak higher of those guys.
0: I guess I guess I'll take that as an apology.
2: Yeah, I do apologize. Ap- <laughs> you know, hopefully, hopefully uh, we'll be able to work with them in the future on some other things. Um, can you,
0: John, can you can you dive into that a, a little bit just on the because you had you had a relatively. Um, like unconventional path to this pro contract and you had to grind it out. It wasn't like, it wasn't like you came out of school and you had people throwing contracts uh, at you right away. You had to earn it. You had to go grind for it. Can you talk a little bit about that and how the, how the Under Armour thing came up in the first place?
2: Yeah. So once I graduated, I mean, I was, I was not good in college. Like you, like, I don't, you could put it anyway. I was not good. I did never made NCAAs indoor, outdoor, cross anything. I made it to regionals. My fifth year, um, was decent in the 5k. Didn't even make it to regionals in the 10k the same year that I qualified in the 10k for USAs just cause I raced a post call collegiate meet and ran, happened run a fast time. Um, and then, yeah, so kept training. I mean, it was something where like I was seeing enough growth rapidly with working with Corey for only my fifth year. That's when he came in as my head coach. Um, and was like, I mean, I'm, I'm improving at such a rapid rate right now. I'd be foolish to stop. And so I kind of stuck with it. And um, it was the fall of my first year out of college and Corey and I were talking one day in the office. Cause I was volunteer coaching at that time. So we'd go to practice, train and go into the office and, you know, do recruiting and whatnot. And just one day, he's like, why don't I reach out to the Chief? And uh, uh, he's been talking about, you know, getting some kind of a group going with his brand and just kind of, yeah, came to be quickly and represented them for the very limited opportunities of races that I had, obviously, in the, the past 2020 season and just kind of went from there.
0: So I, I don't think I would have run well either if I went to Arizona. Was it was it one of those things where you, you started to take this sport seriously after college?
2: I... No, it was, it was certainly not that I took okay. it, it, it. I was just bad. I, okay. I, I didn't understand. And I, I think so you you guys have had CJ Albertson on the podcast.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: and so he was my peer when I was a freshman. And he, as you guys know, is a nutcase. And like, I would just, I, I looked at CJ and I was like, okay, he's good. He's better than me. He's the best kid on the team. I must need to do what he's doing and so I was running 110 to 120 miles a week and at the time like we our our team was big enough and I wasn't I was nowhere near like a top recruit where the coach was going to be like okay like no let's simmer down he's like "Ah, we'll see if it if you do okay with it and I didn't did not do well with it I was in injured probably I probably spent more time in the pool than running my first four years of college just because i was you know would get healthy build back up get hurt get healthy build back up get hurt and so it was more of that than not being serious for sure
1: gotcha all right we had cj i'm pretty sure mike called him a certified psychopath for some of the uh, yeah. <laughs> the treadmill runs that he's known for that are just yeah. mind-blowing but
2: I, yeah and like we would just go randomly he'd be like i'd show up to practice on a long run day and i'd be like how far are we going, CJ? And he's like, I'm doing 22 today. And i just go with him, and he would hammer me until I couldn't do it anymore. And then I would just, like, limp back to the track.
1: So it sounds like you learned not to run with CJ every run. That was important. But you've, yeah. also, you've also attributed, like, a lot of success you've had with working with, with Corey, with Coach Leslie, who is, yeah. uh, you know, he's been on the pod as well. We're big fans of him. Uh, what did he bring, like, what kind of, what, what about his coaching philosophy, yeah. you know, stuck with you and, and made you kind of, you know, figure <laughs> yeah. some stuff out?
2: The biggest thing was, it's funny, I, he, he likes to tell this story more than I do. I find it embarrassing, but I like, so one of the first, he was the assistant coach at the time and I had just gotten stress fracture number, whatever. And so I go into the office, I'm obviously upset and I'm talking to the coach and I bring out my training log and like Corey takes a look at it. And it's like, you can just see my mileage. And when I get hurt and Corey took one look at it and he's like, yeah, every time you run a hundred, whatever miles a week, you get a stress fracture. Like Obviously, like we need to like lower your mileage, and so once he was my head coach, I mean, and still today, I I pretty pretty low mileage guy, focus on doing just less of everything with more intention than throwing a lot at me. Um, I'm definitely someone who I I would rather do more, um, but that's kind of been the emphasis in the past two and a half years that I've been working with Corey is doing less but just being more intentional with it. So now I run seventy to 75 miles a week i always take a day off um i swim a lot uh yeah that,
1: that seems like perfect right i don't want to be cj who's running 100 and whatever <laughs> 30 mile weeks or whatever i'd much rather be someone who's set up to run that yeah. 70 75 miles and just real quality where a lot of pool inside i think you lucked out there
2: yeah it's good and in arizona when and even in the winter right now going to the pool is nice so complaints yeah no
0: so at your your time in arizona um so i've always found the dynamic of a a cross country team interesting right especially you know when you have the men's team and the women's team there's always some kind of drama or weird stuff going on or yeah. you know it's just it, it's just always an interesting dynamic for you though you had your sister on the women's team while you were there yeah yeah what was what is that dynamic right like did that create more drama did that you know, make anything crazy. I know me and me and Steve are brothers. We can barely get through, you know, a forty-five minute podcast together without, you know, some kind of controversy. I don't know if I could do, you know, four years in college at a, you know, cross country team together. What was that like?
2: Yeah, honestly, like it was it was great. I mean, my sister and I have a very unconventionally like close relationship for for siblings. Like, I'm not unconventional, but yeah, we get along extremely well. Like we feed off each other's energy. I mean, obviously at some points, like, I'm sure I annoyed her, she annoyed me, but for the majority of the time, like, no, it was awesome. When, when she was making her college decision and she finally decided to come to ASU versus the other schools she was looking at, like I was extremely excited and yeah, it was it was a great experience. It's cool. No, no funny stories there, sorry. We never, yeah. we never like fought or anything or, no, it's good. And she's, yeah, so she's a fifth year now on the team um, working with the new coach, obviously since Corey's left. Um, and she's, yeah, she, she loves, loves the program and she's doing well. So,
0: so I, I, everybody I talk to, you know, Corey just seems to be a super likable guy. He's becoming like one of the, one of the most likable names in the sport. Just, he was a pro athlete. Now he's a, now he's a coach. Do you have any, any funny stories working with Corey for so long? (laughs)
2: Yes, but also right before I left practice, he said, don't say anything that's going to piss me off.
0: (laughs) Well, just say something that, that like, borders on pissing him off, doesn't fully piss him off.
2: I mean, Corey is, yeah, he's just, some days he'll, let me me get, let me think of the story here. It won't get me in trouble.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll, we'll, well, if you want to just flow, we'll cut anything you tell us to cut.
2: <laughs> oh, you're putting me on the spot here. We'll we'll, we'll circle back to this. Circle back. All right. Here, right? All right. <laughs>
0: All right. Let, let's do this. Let's do this. Tell me about these badass spikes, these like uh, the, the bell lap collab spikes that you've been racing in before you went to yeah. Don Darmer that had that that cool logo on there. Yeah. Where did that come from?
2: That, that ties in well to my sister, actually. So I didn't even know those spikes were, were coming to me. Brant just said, oh, there's a package coming Coming your way. So my sister is a graphic designer, extremely talented, and she actually designed that logo as like a birthday present for me. And then I was up at um, I was altitude training in northern Arizona, in the middle of nowhere. My family has like a cabin in an extremely small I wouldn't even call it a town because there's not even a grocery store. It's called Happy Jack. Um, so I'm up there in the middle of the summer training away, just you know doing my own thing. And Brant sends a package. I don't even know how it got there, and it pair of dragonflies with this sick logo on it and i mean yeah that was they were awesome loved racing in them i only raced them twice um but yeah they were super cool and never had a pair of custom spikes like that so that was definitely awesome to wear
0: so so did Brandt contact your sister and ask him to ask her to make a logo for them? Yeah, he
2: he uh, I guess he just like DM'd her and said, Hey, and, like John's always talking about how good good you are at graphic design, like we wanted to do something special for him. And then like my sister showed me the DMs after um, the fact and yeah, I just went through and it was yeah, it was pretty awesome. Like them going back and forth behind the scenes without me knowing.
0: No, yeah, those are so cool. I, I love that logo. It's 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 really sweet. Yeah. is is Under Armour going to let you use that logo at all? Can you put they, those on your spike?
2: They are actually. And that's that's ah, one of sweet thing about Under Armour is they are so willing to do whatever is good for the sport essentially. I mean like so when I brought up the the idea of wanting to still, you know, use my logo and possibly put it on my shoes um but yeah, they were off. Hannah, the head of the Under Armour Run marketing department, was all for it, um, and yeah, she couldn't yeah couldn't speak high, highly enough about her and the experiences I've had with her so far. Um, so yeah, really excited to be able to continue to use that logo going forward. Um, yeah, and I mean the Under Armour spikes are pretty sweet. Also, it's it's crazy because I've never like. I feel like growing up, I could have signed with any other brand, and I've been like, oh, I've run in A6 before. I've run in Brooks before, so, like, I knew what I was getting into. But, like, when I was trying out the Under Armour shoes before I signed, like, that was my first time ever running in them. And I don't know if it's just because, like, I'm running in them now on a daily basis, but the Under Armour Sonics, I don't know if you guys ever run in them. Maybe you haven't, but I swear they are, like, I would take those over the pegs at this point. Like, I – like, just the way they fit my foot, and then I don't know if I'm just, like, a sucker for them now, but – yeah, he's a brand I
1: mean, man. He's a bro, brand
2: bro, man. A on those, but, uh, I'm happy <laughs> got
1: a nice little bump, I'm sure, for that little plug right there, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Thank you, Hannah.
0: <laughs> um, so you you got back on the track uh, this weekend. You were down at the uh, Bowerman Track Club's race there in the mix. And, you know, on your, your social media after the race, you had a post, you said, not good, not bad. What, what does that mean, right? Like, where, where is your headspace after that race? Yeah. How are you feeling and where, how do you, you know, move on from this after, you know, getting your feet yeah. wet, getting back on the track?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, with the race, I found out I was racing on Tuesday night, yeah, I found out. So I, I worked out Tuesday afternoon, a hard session, and then Corey texts me. I like. I think we were the ten man guys were talking about it. Um, like, I think Drew was a, a, gonna race it. Maybe he was talking about it. He was all excited, and I've been working out with Drew probably mostly of the guys. At least just like one on one more. Um, and he, I guess, went to Corey when I wasn't there and was like you got to, you got to get John in this race. Like he's so fit, like blah, blah. You got to get him the race. And then Corey texts me randomly after the workout on Tuesday saying, all right, we're racing this weekend. Like, and I was just like, what in the world? Um, so yeah, came up, came up very last minute. I mean, obviously like we're training high right now, so we were, we were prepared, but like just a last kind of minute notice, wasn't expecting it. Um, the, (laughs) the, the not good, not bad. I mean, like I was happy with, the time, I guess, because it was a PR and I I ran fast. I mean, on paper, technically going into the race, my PR is like eight fifteen, I think, in the three k. Just because I haven't run one in a while, um, but that was actually, and this is kind of a, a Corey story that won't get me in trouble, I hope. Um, <laughs> he, like, so since I've been working with Corey, except for. Like the usa 10k and like the regional 5k i've literally pr'd in every single event every time i've lined up to race um and it, like net except cross country my first year with them that was an ugly i don't want to talk about that that was, that was bad but um so it's like at post race is always like hey man like that was good like obviously like we nitpick it and how can we get better all this i I didn't know what to expect after that race. I I definitely raced scared. Like I've never been in a field like that. I mean, obviously like guys like Evan Jager like had his like picture on my wall when I was a four forty high school miler. And like he comes by me at like five laps into the race. And like, instead of thinking about, I feel good. Like I can kick with these guys. I was thinking like, Oh my gosh, like that's Evan Jager. Like I am, what am I doing in this race? Blah, blah, blah. Like my mind was just like, like I wasn't mentally prepared to be racing at that level. Um, So definitely had to go through that during the race. And so I'm I'm walking back, you know, I, I, you know, took my spikes off, whatever. I'm walking back to where my bag is. Corey walks over to me after talking to, I think, Brian or someone. And once I saw his face, I, my heart just dropped. He, I've never seen Corey so upset with me in my life. Like he walks over, like I just ran like nine flat for the like 3k and was, was like, that was, that wasn't good enough. Like, what are we doing? Like so. Definitely just not a good race for me in the sense of how I competed. I mean, I think the the time was fine and for where we are in the season, but it wasn't about the time as it just was about how I like held myself in the field and just kind of gave up ground and let guys go by me and didn't really put up a fight and was too distracted and mentally not in the right place. So yeah, that's what that was about. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I, I got to imagine when you when you first get thrown into that field, it has to be a, a little intimidating. But man, Corey, that's harsh, man. You got to ease up on the the first first pro race. Yeah, he, I love it. I love
2: it. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely so, wasn't. It was funny because he's he's, I mean, chewing me out, so to speak. And my my parents were like leaving, and then. Like another friend was walking over to who I've been hanging out with and she was just like about to come say hi and Corey just keeps going in and she just got so scared and walks away and yeah it was just like (laughs) demoralizing.
0: (laughs) Well I've I've always kind of thought like one of the signs of a good coach is being able to coach to your athlete right like knowing which athletes that you can say that stuff to and which athletes you got to kind of coddle a little bit and you know cheer them up after a bad race so is that kind of who you are is that someone are you the type of person who you you want to hear that you want to be pushed you want to be challenged yeah. and does Corey just know that you know that you can handle that that type of criticism yeah, I
2: think, I mean, like Corey and I like I wouldn't I wouldn't have bet on myself for a year and a half after college on running which obviously like we're not millionaires in the sport, like to be mediocre and just kind of, you know, phone it in at races and be happy with a 748 and 11th or 10th place, whatever I finish in that race. Um, so yeah, I think like the fact that he, he holds me to the same standards that I hold myself to, even if in the moment I'm not always holding myself to that standard, like he's always going to be there to be like, Hey, what, what are we doing? Like we're not out here to, to just like, line up and race and finish and then you know get some cool pictures like we're here to run fast and see what we can actually do in the sport and how good like you as an individual can be without worrying about what other people are doing and all the the noise and all the bs and stuff like that so it's definitely yeah i I definitely thrive off of that kind of feedback and um just knowing that he expects more from me and then i can be like yeah you're right like we can do so much better and so that's that's why i'm so excited and I just feel like I'm so young into the sport just kind of given my history of being banged up and really only two years like in a row healthy now and um, just starting to stack stack training and yeah really excited about kind of the trajectory we're headed.
0: So I I have a I have a quick general question about the prickly prayer uh, prickly pear invite and it's something that you know, we've given criticized uh, criticism to, to Bowerman Track Club. I mean, we, we, told, we gave it straight to Evan Jagger that we feel like too often they're just kind of keeping to themselves with these races and everything. And it seemed like they were like, oh, no, we're inviting people to this race. When did people outside of Bowerman find out about this event? I know you said you found out a little yeah. bit on the later end, but I, you kind of squeezed I, I at the I end. I was
2: probably one of the last people because, okay. because Corey – wasn't thinking about racing me and i think drew kind of convinced him to let me race and then the more they talked about it Corey's like yeah like, you're, you're right like let's do it at least that's what i think happened i'm not sure Corey never told me i i want to say i heard the guys talking about it only like the previous week as just like an idea of hey like bowerman might be doing this race they might let some guys in um and it was just kind of like a whisper, and like I heard him talking about it in a run, and I was like, oh, cool, like maybe that'll happen, that'd be interesting to hear about, and thought nothing of it, and I just assumed it would be another Bowerman-only kind of thing like they did um, over the summer. But yeah, it definitely wasn't, nobody had it on their calendars more than a week or two in advance, I would say, outside yeah. of Bowerman, I'm sure obviously they knew they were doing it.
1: John, when you said you didn't know it until a few days, I, there was even like a silence after you answered the previous I, I question. Cause bone. I wanted Steve to just go nuts <laughs> and like over, cause he called his prediction. He's like, those guys don't look like they've known about it. It would be very Bowerman to just like let these guys know last second. Yeah, I, don't,
2: I don't think most guys knew about it.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah. Me was like three or four days. Most guys were probably like a week before. Yeah. It was, it was very last minute for a lot of people.
1: <laughs> so, so last minute, maybe you didn't get, you know, the ideal lead up into it, but that's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's better just to find out about it, especially when you're going to get into a field like that you were thrown into the stack field, just like overall, was that meet kind of like a nice culmination of the Arizona experience? Like you have all like these pros in Arizona right now, kind of training together, you know, finding track time at the, you know, trying to fit us in the same track. But then you kind yeah. of have this meet, and it seems like the training cycles seems to be wrapping up for some teams. What was that like to kind of get everybody in the same place, run some pretty fast times before you guys kind of move on your way? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean,
2: just to be i mean, yeah, it was such a small meet, obviously, only four races, and just kind of the environment was awesome, like you don't really get to see the running everybody in the running community that much right now, obviously, with you know everything that's going on and yeah, to have everybody there, everyone was fine on all cylinders. I mean, it was, it was a great meet and I'm really happy that we got the chance to do it. I think kind of for what the next couple of races we have on the schedule, it's kind of set us up um, well and just kind of make the next, kind of the next tactical race at JDL that I have on my schedule and then leading into the Austin meet, just, just kind of feel more smooth for sure.
0: So you were kind of mentioning how it was a little intimidating being on track with, with some of those big names. Right. And this is kind of a new grounds for you. How long, how long do you think that something like that lasts, right? Like kind of being a little star struck and is it something that wears, cause I, I don't know when you were saying that it kind of made me think of like, and obviously it's to a new level, but yeah. like the guys who talk about playing with Tiger woods, right. And it's like, yeah, this is the guy I grew up watching. I idolized. He was, he was my hero. And now all of a sudden um, you know, on, 17 at Augusta having to to play against them how long do you think it'll it'll take until that kind of like starstruck yeah. intimidation factor kind of wears off for you
2: i mean hopefully it was just one and done for me yeah. <laughs> i feel and I honestly like i i do believe that like that's really all it, it would it's going to take me is just that one experience of all right wake wake up like this isn't fantasy land like we're we're doing this now like you're running at this level you belong with these people like you can compete with them no no problem so I think especially going into my next couple of races I don't I don't see it being an issue for me going forward and something that I'm really going to have to deal with I mean it's definitely going to be a lot of kind of as much as I'm training the physical side training the mental side and really just kind of you know preparing myself to to be composed mentally In these fields but yeah hopefully hopefully fingers crossed one one and done scenario here
0: (laughs) something that comes up in this podcast every once in a while we like to talk about crazy college football coaches did you ever cross paths with herm edwards at arizona state uh,
2: actually yeah once i don't have like a good story for it but so he we had like a athletic dining um my yeah fourth and fifth years, and so the football team was in there, and like well, the first couple of times we're in there, I'm like wandering around the new football facility with um one of like my teammates, and he would just happen to be like walking in the hallway and said forks up to me or something. Yeah, that was basically <laughs> it. But I never had, I really talk to him or anything like that. I have more experiences actually with um, Bobby Hurley. I see him all the time, or used to see him all the time. I don't even know like how our p- paths cross so much, but he would always be like our, I guess our locker room was in the basketball arena Um not where they would practice, but where they would have games and their locker room was kind of close. And he would always just kind of be walking down the halls. And I never, like he never even looked my direction. He would always just have his head in his phone or something, but yeah, our pads crossed quite a few times for sure. Very cool. Very cool.
0: Yeah. Love, love, love me a good crazy football head coach, but anyways, John, thank you. Thank you for coming on. This has been a ton of fun, but we end every interview with a quick game. So, Mike, why don't you kick off down the home stretch? All right. So, down the home stretch, rapid fire questions. Your topic today you are, you know, one of the newest Under Armour athletes out there. So, we are going to talk to you about other Under Armour athletes. Trent's going to hit you with the first question. Let's do it.
1: I'm obviously going to start with Tom Brady. You might get a bunch of Tom Brady questions on here. I don't know. Well, the first is going to be Tom Brady. So there's a great video of him during the celebration where he has a Nike logo coming through, and he has to hide it real quick once he realizes that he's got a Nike not showing Under Armour. So are you as committed to the Under Armour cause as Tom Brady where you'll you'll do whatever it takes. You'll take your shirt off, you know, randomly in front of a camera if it doesn't have an Under Armour logo on it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm team, team Click clock till I die company man
1: all right pop quiz
0: two under armor athletes statistically which has a better which has better odds of actually happening Steph Curry making a three-point shot or Tom Brady making it to the Super Bowl
2: oh it's probably got to be Brady making it to Super Bowl
0: that's right. Statistically, it is more likely Tom Brady will make it to the Super Bowl than the greatest three-point shooter of all time making a three-point. How ridiculous is that?
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's absurd. The, guy, the guy's the GOAT for the reason. Uh,
0: so speaking of you know most dominant athletes of all time, how long until you break Michael Phelps' gold medal record? <laughs>
2: I don't know. I'm I'm more worried about my little brother in that in that sense. He's he's a swimmer in our family, and he's a much better athlete than I am. So he'll probably be in the Olympics, getting medals, probably before long after I am.
1: All right, Under Armour athlete Bryce Harper, known for his crazy hairdos. What can you do? I mean, your hair looks wonderful right now. But what can you do to have like a signature hair? You know that that'll make you known for that.
2: I mean. I, I could just shave it off or yeah, I don't know. I can't really do much with it. I guess I can just go bald. Like that, that'd probably be the craziest thing I could do.
0: So I don't know if you caught any of the, uh, the waste management open this past weekend, but is, is Jordan Spieth back?
2: Uh, not much of a golf guy, honestly, but I mean, I watched the highlights maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of how I feel, I feel about too. it. I hope so. Um, the Mo Bamba song is that a good or a bad song? <laughs> bad. <laughs> I think you're contractual contractably you say that to say yes.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if I saw that in the contract. All I know is I'm not allowed to like. Be, I can't. Uh, like Yeah. Do any like. Um, that's about it.
1: So you don't support the Obama song. Do you support the Steph Curry mouth guard shoe or does that gross you out?
2: Uh, No, I think it's, I mean, it's like a, when you're in the zone, like it's, it's a cool look, I think. I mean, I've never worn a mouth guard, but I mean, I feel like if I did, I'd be probably chewing on it like that.
0: So this question, I kind of hope it happens. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if you have any inside insight into this one, but uh, is Cam Newton going to retire?
2: I definitely don't have insight to that. Uh, I think our meeting, our meeting on that, they're gonna fill me in as I'm trying <laughs> get back to you guys. But um, if I had to guess, I'd say, I'd say no. But yeah, like I said, they're they're letting us athletes know on Friday, so I'll let you know.
0: <laughs> All right. Mike, hit him with the last question. All right, so uh, Randall Cobb loves to go with the little hoodie underneath the jersey. Would you ever consider putting uh, starting the hoodie look underneath your singlet? <laughs>
2: uh that's maybe so Corey this is another Corey story. Corey Leslie, when he would race indoor at Ohio State, he used to wear a white Hanes t-shirt under his Ohio State jersey. And so maybe I would do it like like indoor season only, like early season races, like it's such a short sleeve, like hoodie under the thing, just as like a tribute to my oh. coach. Um so, yeah, in that case, I would do it. But outdoor season, like, when it's time to really rip, like, it's got to come off for sure.
1: <laughs> Looking forward to seeing it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll see if I can get some Under, Under Armour ones in the mail. We can start yeah, down.
1: yeah, nice. Hey, man, thank you so
0: much for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. We wish you the best of luck.
2: Yeah, really appreciate it, guys. Thank you.
0: Yeah, no, this, this is great. Thanks so much.
2: Yeah, appreciate it.
0: And again, for the second week in a row, that song coming out of the interview with our boy John was from Bury Mia Noah Drotty's band, just kind of one of those bands, one of those brands that's related to running culture, kind of loosely connected. But we're big fans of them. Their single's coming out March 5th, so don't miss that. Go follow them on Instagram. They're a great follow. Yes, yeah, Steve. I uh, You know, because I was sent the clip to be able to throw it in there, I think I'm one of the few people that has uh, that song downloaded to my iTunes. I've been jamming to it. So you suckers are going to have to wait until, until March 5th. But me, I'd, I've already been jamming to it. I know all the words. So yeah, no big deal or anything like that. When is the, your love cover coming out? That's right. We should get them. We should get them to do a, your, your love cover. That would be awesome. I mean, there's no way that there's not a future peak too early associated road race that does not have live music performed by Barry Mia. There's just no way that that doesn't happen. It's got to <laughs> happen at some point. I mean, we're speaking it into existence right now. Speaking it into his existence. Going to happen. All right, guys. Well, hey, we talked about it. We're going to do a quick segment here at the end of the show. We talked about it early on, but we got the Irish Clover 5-Miler coming up. And for some of the people that had signed up and are participating in the Pick'em Pool, we, uh, we asked them to start some beefs. Like we start, we ask them to pick some, you know, pick some fights with other people that are running in the race with them. So we're going to kind of go through right now and I'm going to read kind of what some of the people put down. Right. So let's start with, we'll start with our guy, Brandon Demers. So he said, I hope I'm the fastest D3 guy in the race. And my son is due March 15th, second kid on the way. So fuck the single, single kidless folks living the dream. Also, sorry to my wife. So he's pretty <laughs> much starting beef with everybody that doesn't have kids. So keep grinding, man. We're looking forward to, to seeing what you, what you put up, uh, you know, appreciate you. You're participating so close to the due date of your second kid. So uh, then we got, let's see, we got Chris Jenner in here. He just put down Joe Rand. So there's been a beef bubbling on the Twitter and Instagram stories over the past month or so between our boy peanut beyond wheat, Joe ran boss, man, ran, and Chris Gendron. So that's going to be quite the showdown. I, I imagine. Well, I don't so want the start you...
1: fights with boss man, ran, no. man. Like I'll, I'll like talk beef to anybody, but that's one guy. I don't know what he's capable of.
0: <laughs> so I, you know, I'm not on the, the, like the one week that I spent on Strava, like actually trying to use it again. I'm sure it's still happening but I would get a kick on every time I would log on pretty much like every run. One of the two of them does specifically boss man has some kind of like shot at, you know, each other in their run, like, you know, in the caption, in the title of it, they're calling each other out. So, you know, this, this beef goes all the way down to, to the Strava game. So it's, it's a pretty good one. Love and the next the next guy is our is our boy, Harrison Smith, longtime friend of the program, loyal to crew, crew member. He called out Joe Rand as well. So Ooh, I, I, you, <laughs> with Joe Rand. I, I'll say this. One of my favorite things to come out of this podcast is like we've connected like our, our friend Joe Rand two crew member harrison smith and like i'm on a text chain with those guys and they go back and forth all the time and i just think it's hilarious that you know we just have two listeners friends of the program that are now like boys right so uh you know that that's always fun they need like like uh, they need like a buddy cop they do they're such like an unlikely pair it's hilarious yeah yeah it's a it's a definitely an odd duo um so we got, we got our boy Colin, Colin Halfman, uh, another loyal, longtime member of the two crew. He's calling out ProFlow. He says, I don't know if he's running, but he says he's calling out ProFlow. He thinks he's got a good shot against him. So, um, boy Colin starting some beef there. From the clouds. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who else do we got here? Um, we got we got our uh Luke Mason. So another another loyal two crew member. He's calling out Joe Mosera. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name, but Joe Mosera, he says you're going down. Yeah, Luke. Dude. Luke's Luke's my guy, dude. Luke's my guy. I hope he buries Joe. I don't know who Joe is, but I'm ready for Luke to just put him in a body bag. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Adam Scherer here, right? So Adam Scherer is. You know he's he's actually a, a friend and running buddy of my father, Mike and I's father. So he says he says he's going after Big Steve Gendron, our father. He said, "Will age grading help him close that half step? He's half step he's been chasing for a couple of decades." Ooh, so some ooh, strong ooh, words, Amanda, like share. I
1: love it. Are you guys going to defend your father on the podcast here? Of I course, mean, let, give let, me a let,
0: second to get to that. <laughs> I think. Uh, you know that's some strong, strong words from Adam, but you know I will not, I will not count my father out from anything. You know, and it doesn't matter how banged up he is he is, how many injuries he has. You know, he's a. Uh, where do you think, where do you think young Steve over here gets his, his passion, his fire, Trent? It's, it's from Big Steve Gendron. So yeah, don't, don't throw that shade at him. We don't need that. So then we got some, we got some shade from. Um, from Patrick Larson, the owner, founder of former sponsor, the Harrier. He is calling out, let's see, he is calling out James Perez, owner and founder of former sponsor Stoke Performance. So we got oh, a little sponsor beef going on
1: here. I love this. <laughs> Steve, Steve who's, who paid us more in sponsorship money? We got to pick a side based on that here. <laughs> uh, no
0: comment. <laughs> All right. So we got, let's see, who else do we got here?
1: Well, while you track it down, I just want to say, we ask pro athletes pretty much every interview to start beef with somebody. You know, that question comes up a good amount, and they very rarely take the bite. Sometimes they get a few, you know, jabs and good fun. But the the P, too early, the, the two crew is out here just throwing shots at everybody. I love it.
0: Shade left and right.
1: So I got to
0: go on right here. This is from Kevin Urgot. He says whoever finishes second behind me.
1: Oh, I love it. Which I is love that. Which has got to be at our guy Brandon, right? The, the champion of the last two peak to early <laughs> right. races. so I will take that shot and say, Brandon, that's specifically at you, now does, does this guy have any kids? That's the question. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. <laughs> is, is Brandon is Brandon signed up?
1: He is. He is. I don't know No, that was, that was another Brandon. Oh, oh, I'm getting. Oh, it was Brandon Allen it's our guy, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sorry, that's where I'm thinking. Is Brandon is Brandon Allen signed up? He he is. He is. He is. He he will be. <laughs> okay. He will be competing. I don't know if I have his his beef yet, he's, but he's we he's got going uh, the, he's going for the triple crown. That's right. Yeah, he's the, going the, for too clean sweep. Yeah. <laughs> so we got we got Kenny Vanaco calls out Chris Gendron, Another call for Chris Gendron. and then we have James Perez of Stoke Fitness. Let's see who he calls out. Come on. Let's see. He goes. Oh, 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 oh this is a good one. I, he says, he says, hey Pat Larson, I'm gonna beat you so bad you're gonna have to you're gonna have to put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> so we got we got the we got the Harrier calling out Stoke. We got oh, Stoke it. calling out the Harrier. I love
1: it oh man that's unbelievable it's a good bit <laughs> if they're both calling each other out right it's not like one person picked that person out they both independently decided that's the one person they need to be
0: i like how uh, james took it to the next level too yeah then uh <laughs> you know, a little color to it uh caitlin schultz friend of the program says trent snowboard oh good good oh, i like geez. it i like it yes
1: too soon too
0: yeah, soon. It a little too soon, Caitlin. Man. I mean,
1: I have a beef with my snowboard too, because it wasn't my fault I got hurt; it was my snowboard's fault. <laughs>
0: Megan Kruger says she is starting beef with Mike. I don't know; if she's not starting beef. That beef already exists from last yeah, year. That beef right? does already exist. I kind of forgot about that rivalry, and uh, <laughs> it's like I gotta—I should probably go. That's probably what I needed to hear, Megan, to 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 get my butt off the couch. So I gotta get into training mode these next couple weeks. <laughs> Brian Herzog, friend of the program, says, "I don't have any beef, but I've heard Joe Rand is coming for Chris Jenner. And so a lot of <laughs> Joe Rand, Chris Jenner. I mean, they, that beef is just very active online. Well known, people know the beef. <laughs> Let's see. Uh,
1: Look at all okay. the beef we got. This is crazy. I got a
0: good one. I got a so so uh, so Rin Scope says." he says Colin i swear that he's purposely out of shape so that he can use this as an excuse to not put in ex- use this as an excuse to not put in any effort into this race so calling out another member of the two crew love it that was like that was like a personal like deep shot that was you know kind of below the belt honestly that was yeah. mean yeah uh, i love it i love it i support oh, it we got a good one here winner of the of the two mile Kara means says Uh-oh. Megan Krueger, my best friend of me. Oh man. See, that's, that's interesting where, uh, Kara is has beef with Megan, but Megan has moved on from Kara. She's she's moved on to her beef with me.
1: <laughs> Megan has moved on to some easier competition, I think. <laughs> I think Kara had a good so. one in the two mile, and Megan's like, all right, who can I who can I realistically beat? Okay. Yeah, I
0: gotta I gotta reevaluate my goals here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man. Oh, okay. And so we just got one in as we're speaking. We got one in for Brandon Allen and he just says, I want all the smoke. He wants it, yeah. That's a, the
1: ode a, to Dendy right there. Yeah. That's my guy. Sorry, Brandon Demers. You're great too, I'm sure, but I was thinking of our guy, Brandon Allen, the, uh, the reigning champ, the, the guy who's got the target on his back, and he wants the target on his back, all the smoke.
0: I, I mean, if, uh, you know, we're doing our DraftKings pool coming up here, I would say I probably want uh, Mr. Allen on my team. Uh, of if course. history yeah. tells us anything so i got one last one here from boss man rand he just put the harrison smith is a punk that's it so he's starting wow. beef with multiple people online he, he, he's been calling out chris nonstop. now he calls out harrison this is amazing we got beefs all over the place Man, I am, uh, I'm very excited now.
1: Very, very yeah. excited. <laughs> As someone that's, that hasn't really run in a while, I don't really have much to look forward to on the running side of it, but I have a lot to look forward to in the beats and specifically watching, uh, watching Bossman Rand go out there and see everyone <laughs> trying to kick his ass. <laughs> All right, let's kick off the bell app. Mike, what do you got for
0: people on the bell app? See, we mentioned it earlier. You guys you kind of stole my thunder on my bill up here, but that's all right uh, yeah, we hopped on the clubhouse this weekend with a bunch of bunch of people i mean it it was quite the crew we had, and it was wild, like we were spending a Friday night, we were up to like Steve, I think you called it off at like twelve thirty you know in the morning, like after midnight we were just. Just up with the boys talking some track talking some running I mean it was it was a pretty wild experience um, you know we had uh, our guys Brandt and Aaron and James I mean we had we had, we had Corey a hell Leslie of a was crew. on there Corey, yeah I mean it was a, a hell of a crew um, so yeah I I might uh might have to find myself back on that clubhouse here uh, here soon. Follow, follow me on clubhouse uh, at peak too early and uh yeah let's 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 do it up at Steve P2E. So Clubhouse is wild. I love it. I'm a big fan. So Trent, you gotta get on you gotta get on the train, but you gotta get an invite. So I don't know. I don't know. You know, we'll see about that. I'll um, think
1: about it. If you're nice to me. <laughs> Trent, what do you got people on the bell lab? Mike is our, our Let's Run troll, so I'm surprised he hasn't brought this up. But I was on Let's Run getting ready for uh the the big uh pod we had today, just reading a couple of things. I'm not on it too much, but I come with time to time it's all like nice. Now they totally redid the site and it looks like a legitimate website. It doesn't look like it used to be like the Craigslist of the running world. And it just was like real, real awful to look at, which kind of did add a little, I mean, I got a lot of issues with let's run, but there's some entertaining stuff on there. It's not, it's not the worst place to spend a little bit of time in your day. Uh, so let's run just like investing in themselves and making it nice. I don't know what to do with it. What, what is this? I, I don't know. It's gonna take me a while to get used to it. So far, I don't like it. We'll see if it I uh it turns around for me. But right now it's just it's throwing me off. Yeah. This I, is wild. I didn't I haven't seen this update. This is crazy. I'm looking at it right now. I kind of hate it
0: because as much crap as I talk about Let's Run, there is some charm in like how shitty their website used to be. It just like links everywhere and just looks super unprofessional and clunky. Now they're trying to like smooth it out and make it look all professional. And it's like that is that is not the Let's Run that I know clean professional like that that's just not how it's done so I hate it if I if there was a way for me to hate let's run more they found a way to do well it it got to a point where it was kind of like a a running joke right where they were like making fun of themselves by keeping that shitty website for so long and that that was like the best part of it is like everybody was kind of in on this joke now they're sellouts right so you know right i was just i was gonna hate on him for it before i'm gonna hate on him for it now let's join can't do anything without me hating on it but um I, well <laughs> that goes into my bell app. i was just gonna say i feel like my past couple bell apps, i've had a lot of hate come out like a lot of anger like i freaked out on that guy that gave us the review i was uh i was calling out other podcasts on my bell app so i'm just gonna try to keep it positive even though i just made it at, at uh let's run but i just want to say yeah thanks for all the thanks for all the reviews thanks for all the support thanks for signing up for the irish clover five miler it means a lot um yeah this is uh this this p2e train's gonna keep rolling so other than that boys i would run faster but i peaked too early mike hit me with the josie
2: I'm